Welcome back ladies, this is Amigapreneur and I am Jacqueline, your host. If this is your first time here, this is a podcast where we talk to women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives about their transitional process from feeling stuck to taking action. Today's guest is Joy with Part-Time Exploradora. I first met Joy at an event where she came from New York to Los Angeles to have a panel of Latino women talk about their experiences. On the show, she talks about being a conscious traveler. She talks about how the world is brown and how she became a full-time entrepreneur in her business all while doing it on the train and educating herself and switching her mindset on believing that she can do it. She has so much to give and you'll learn so much about being an entrepreneur, learning to believe in yourself, being a conscious traveler, saving on travel, and much, much more. If you'd like to find her, you can go to her website on Part-Time Exploradora, or you can find her on Instagram at Part-Time Exploradora, all one word. Oh, actually, it's really interesting that you're talking about this. Like, I feel right now I'm kind of going through that. Within like the last month, um, I was working a full-time job. I love what I do. I do like operations um, for a tech company, but I was kind of just like reevaluating everything and realizing like I really wanted it to mean something. Um, you know, like I was building companies and helping other entrepreneurs like build their own businesses, but it wasn't really stuff that mattered to me. And I think that's always been something that I've struggled with. Like even I used to work in nonprofit actually um, before my tech job. And I always found meaning and purpose in what I was doing. I was working in immigration. And before that, I worked in microfinance. And I was working in like advertising at an ad tech company. And I was just like, what does this mean? Like, who am I helping? Like, how is it benefiting society in some way? Um, that I kind of started just reevaluating. And about a year ago, I had started my own company and was trying to like figure out what to do with that. Um, was focusing more on like media with like the podcast and Parkland's Floridora. And like in the last month, I kind of was just like, this, this doesn't mean anything. Like, why am I helping these big white man companies and not using these skills to like help other women and small businesses? Um, so I kind of just like, not like, threw in the towel I don't know how to say it but I was just kind of like okay like yeah I'm done like I have to just go all in and, and like trust that things are going to work out and trust that like I am capable of doing stuff um so a month ago literally April 5th I quit my job <laughs> and was like I'm done I'm done till the end of the month and that was like the fourth time I quit my job um but I feel like it was in that mindset of just like there needs to be a change like I need to just give into it and stop like feeling on the fence about things and so today is like officially my like first week alone like full-time um but it's definitely been the last even before like I'm officially on my own like the last couple of weeks just everything has been falling into place like it's crazy just believing that it has a purpose and that you're going to be able to achieve something has definitely changed my mindset. So I don't know if that really answers the question. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So what is it that you started doing that now it seems like everything is aligning for you? Yes. Well, so it's funny. Cause like, I'm, I'm not pretty, I'm not really 
religious or spiritual or anything really but I grew up like with that mentality like yeah my parents are pastors um so they're evangelical pastors and I grew up with that mentality of like oh you have to ask God for what you want and what you need but like also putting in the work right like laying down the foundation so I still kind of like take that to myself like I know like now it's more just like okay you manifest what you need but it's like setting down those steps right like you're just like okay like I want this and these are my goals but I need to start putting in the work um so I think for me like for the last two years every day on the train like I would I would commute into New York City um like three hours a day I live out in the suburbs and those three hours I would dedicate to like planning, um, to just growing like the blog, um, reading, like reading business books, reading self-help books, everything. So I kind of set that apart. And I think that's definitely like helped me just prioritize my time um, and schedule out my time. So I would literally on the way there, it's like an hour and a half, I would just sit down in the morning go through my planner and kind of go through the things I needed to do that day. Like my, my, my personal stuff, my business stuff and my work things. Um, and also going through and making sure that I had calls scheduled. I had any events planned um, that I was going to be attending. So I think definitely planning out my time has been helpful and setting aside those hours. Um, so then i April, I started working remotely and that was a lot harder because it kind of disrupted my, my routine of like setting up like, you know, an hour and a half in the morning and an hour and a half in the evening. Um, so kind of had to get back into that, into like setting my time and kind of segmenting it out, um, making sure I was using it effectively, right? Like being like, okay, this time is when I answer emails. This time is when I write up content this is what i'm going to record and i think that's definitely been beneficial but also kind of just starting a lot of people i think are afraid to just start something so in the last month i planned the event which is where how i met you jacqueline <laughs> um and i kind of was just like okay how am i going to do this and at first i was like oh i can't do this i don't know what i'm doing and you know the thing is that like nobody really knows what they're doing <laughs> um and i think that's like the biggest takeaway that like everybody especially women i think especially women of color we end up thinking we have to be perfect before we start something um and not ever starting because we're just like oh it has to be absolutely perfect and i can tell you from working with like male entrepreneurs and you know ceos all the time they have no idea what they're doing they just do it <laughs> and then they help they get help from other people and i think that's the biggest thing i've learned just like accepting help and asking for help from other people especially like i was afraid to and i think especially being a latina woman like our community is so quick to just like help each other out um, and it was something very hard for me to even like accept or even ask for help. Um, so I think I even, I, I posted like, I need people to help me photo like photograph. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and that's how like I connected with you. Um, so it's like really funny how th those things end up working out. But I basically started being like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I was like, I want to have an event. I want to have these conversations about like women traveling, like conversations that I hadn't really heard even on panels that I had participated in. 
Um, so I reached out to people. I was like, who do I want to be on this? Like, what topics do we want to have? So I definitely wanted to talk about creating. And I had talked to Brown Girls Travels before because I had written up a piece for her and, you know, about supporting communities. So I reached out to Shop Latinx um, about healing. And I reached out to Danielle, which I had done a collaboration with before. And my really good friend, Carolina, that was traveling with me, is also like a moderator for her um, women's networking group, her Lean and Circle in Hoboken. So I was like, okay, like everyone, like just reaching out and also just being okay with people saying no. Like you kind of have to mentally prepare. Like, okay, worst that can happen is it like someone says no, and I didn't have that already, so it's fine. Um, well, I think that was kind of the mindset that I went in. Like, I was just kind of like, let's plan this event. And just started planning and reaching out to people, like finding the space in the Lazarus experience that Allison gave us her space. Um, but just really putting everything into motion because the worst that can happen, and I kept telling myself this, I was like, worst that can happen is that nobody gives us a space. I end up just like, having a happy hour at a bar and kind of having like those plan A, plan B, plan C kind of things. Um, so it's usually my mindset, um, but always having that like goal, right? That you're like best case scenario. And I think that's been especially hard for me, like thinking of the best case scenario because I'm so used to things going worst case. Um, but definitely just starting because I think that's the hardest part, just believing that you can and that, you know, look, thinking of like all the little steps that you need, but it'll fall into place eventually. Like people are more than happy to help and definitely being okay with accepting help, I think is the biggest thing. I think that was probably one of my biggest things that I struggled with is asking for help. I think I had to know everything because I, yeah. I was the same way. I worked with a lot of male and a lot of white male and it always, they always said yes to everything. It just seemed like they knew everything. Right. And so I felt, you know, just being being a woman, being being brown and always feeling like you always have to be three times better. Yeah. It's like, oh, if they know, then I have to like know five times. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like, but the funny thing is they say yes and they don't know. And right. I, I literally see this happen. They don't know. They'll like be like, OK, yes. And then figure it out or get somebody else to do it. And then they like reach out to somebody else. Like, hey, I don't know how to do this. How do I do this? And I'm just like. Are you serious? And we think like we have to know absolutely everything, which right. is impossible. <laughs> right. It's just like the standard, but it's definitely believing in yourself. And I do love all the steps um, that you talked about because I think we don't talk about it enough. We just say, oh, I just took a leap of faith and I did this or I just kind of started doing this and then it just happened. But you breaking it down that you took time in the on the train and all of that helped you with being committed. Um, obviously, what steps to take and that actually led to you making this decision. I want to talk about how it is for you being a Latina traveler. Like what has been some of your lessons and some of your challenges? If you can just tell me like two or three things that you've realized throughout doing this. I think it like one of the lessons is that like most of the world is brown and i think we tend to forget that um just because of where we live like we're in the u.s and we're constantly hearing like so much negative media about our own country but also about other places and surprisingly like i've learned that the u.s is probably one of the scariest countries <laughs> so especially new york 
Um, and like, I love New York and, but I've honestly only ever felt really unsafe, like in New York, like walking the streets of Manhattan and there's just like, you know, creepy guys catcalling. It's probably one of the worst places I've ever experienced catcalling. Um, but also like it living in Miami, like those were the, the toughest places that I ever like have been that I had felt unsafe. Um, but traveling, I think we always think the world is so scary scary because that's what the news tells us and of course like the news only benefits off of scaring us right um because then you're just like hooked and you're like oh my god and you want to know more like why is going on there right it just kind of messes with your head um because like if they put happy things all the time like how many of us would be like oh my god yay so much happiness like uh, like probably some of us but not most of us <laughs> not the average person right um but i think i've definitely learned to trust that there are good people in the world and I think, I think that was definitely hard for me especially being a jaded New Yorker like I don't know if you've been to New York City but you're walking in the street I have. <laughs> yeah and people look at you wrong and you're just like ready to fight um, <laughs> and it's a very like individualistic city right so so it's crazy because I I hate going into New York City because I feel myself just changing into like that defense like you're always on guard um like I literally had people that I've known come up to me and just be like hey and I'm ready just to be like who are you like what do you want um and then it just like takes me a second to be like like oh 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 my god I know you like you're not trying to hurt me um but I think that's usually the mentality in New York City um so I think if you're especially if you're from New York or like a city like you'll be fine traveling somewhere else because it's like you're used to that like being on mindset um, but also being cautious, right? Like trusting your gut. That's a big one that I've learned, um, which at first I was just kind of like, no, like I'm being paranoid. But I think there's definitely been situations where I've had to trust my gut that I was just like, mm, this little, like that doesn't feel right. Um, and you kind of like, even if you are being paranoid, just trust that, that instinct that tells you like something's off, just believe it um even if you are like being overly paranoid i think it's just you're better you know it's better to what is it like be on the side of caution as opposed to just being like sure let me just go up um like anything that you would not do in your home you probably shouldn't do while you travel i think that's like the biggest thing too like if you would not go into a dark alley in your neighborhood you probably shouldn't go into a dark alley in a city that you don't know. Um, that's just like biggest tip. But I think especially being Latina, I think it's been awesome because we're kind of ethically, ethnically ambiguous that we kind of tend to blend everywhere. And people also, unfortunately, but it's kind of a good thing. People don't assume that we have money. Um, so I think that's actually allowed me to like be in certain spaces that, if you were just like, you know, a white kid traveling, you wouldn't be invited, you know, or people like, you know, are less likely to come trying to get stuff from you and just and like be easier to trust you. So I think that's kind of like an upside of being Latino because people also can't figure out where you're from. And then that kind of starts a conversation. They're like, what are you? And it's, it's a nice, what are you as opposed to in the U.S.? Right. When there are people like you. <laughs> Yeah, it's like genuine curiosity as to like, I've never seen anyone like you before. Right. As opposed to the US that is just like, you don't belong here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. But, 
So I think that's been like, you know, just kind of being more open and more understanding, right? Because my first trip ever, I studied abroad in Kosovo. And this was like before social media, I think before Instagram. Um, so people literally had not seen a Latino person. And they would just ask me like, are you black? And I was just like, okay, we're gonna go explaining this. Um, <laughs> Like, and like people would take pictures of me and it was just oh my god <laughs> and at first I was just like oh my god this is so rude but then I look around and then I was just like well yeah I stick out like a sore thumb you know um and it's just kind of like taking that as like a moment to just connect with people um I think was really cool and it, the interesting part about that though just like a little tangent when I would tell people I'm like Latina and they're like what is that and I'm like from Guatemala and they're like where is that and of course like no one knows where Guatemala is. Um, but, but then the weird part is that I was like, yeah, we speak Spanish. And people spoke fluent Spanish. And I was like, wait, what? And it turns out that during, like, war times, they would only get access to, like, Spanish soap operas. But that's, like, a whole other issue. Because then they were like, but you don't look like them. And then I'm like, right. Because they had, like, you know, like, the Argentinian. They're, like, the Spanish on there. And I was like, yes, there's more people to Latin America. And then, and back then, like, they only thought, like, Americans were, like, black or white. Um, mm -hmm. Now it's obviously changed. Like, I don't really encounter that as much. Like, I tell people I'm American, and they're just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, just because for good or for worse, like, we're in the news a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, those are kind of been the things that I've learned, just to be, like, more open and more understanding of where people are from. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, d I love that they learn Spanish from soap operas. Right, and fluent Spanish, like better than me. Like everyone spoke, and it's crazy, like especially in Europe, especially the Western, like Balkans, like Western Europe, which people typically think are super poor. I mean, it is lower, like in standards of living and lower wages, but people will speak at least three or four languages because they need to communicate. Um, and it, it's crazy because I was just like, I thought I was cool for knowing two languages. <laughs> people were like and I'm like how did you learn and they're like I was watching tv and I was like what like you just learn from the tv like I could barely speak Spanish right like I could <laughs> barely speak English most of the time um but yeah it was it's because we don't practice right oh, yeah. I just think that's fascinating because a friend of mine that's how he learned English he was he was from TJ from Tijuana and I was like, how did you learn English? A lot of people in Tijuana know English. And he's yeah, like from television. He's like, when I was little, I would watch cartoons in English. And then I started watching shows in English. And that's how I learned English. I was like, oh, wow, that is so cool. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, like all these like English learning programs, they're all video. Yeah. So I guess it makes sense. Right? Yeah. And it's because I think you're, you're watching things in conversation, not repetition, like this is apple apple you know what i mean it's like you're actually playa. yeah it's so ridiculous but like in on television you're seeing them having a conversation and interact and then once you start watching that over and over then of course it's going to start clicking so it just makes sense um but i want to this is like really fascinating um learning all this stuff because i definitely want to start traveling mm -hmm. and going out more but I think for me, it's the mentality of thinking like, I don't have the finances or how would it be to travel alone? So for people that are wondering like, is it expensive? What would you tell them like, as far as like for me, right? I'm gonna be super selfish here. <laughs> no, no, it's 
what would you say to me being someone who really wants to travel? Where would you recommend like a first time traveler go to? And then number two, like, how would I save for that? Yeah, so I like all of this. Um, so, <laughs> so I think um, it depends too, like what is it? that you have in mind like are you thinking of traveling and staying at like a five-star resort and on the beach like you know someone bringing you mimosas every minute like obviously yeah that's going to be really expensive um so I think it's also like you know having those expectations of what you want like if you're just like I want to go somewhere new I want to meet people I want to be on the beach like that's also doable um and also checking out like what countries right you if you don't have that much like saved up um obviously like it's smarter to go somewhere where your dollar is worth more like if you're just like oh i'm gonna go to like switzerland like you're gonna be broken a day uh, <laughs> i went there i was broke i was just like ah! it was a work trip um so i got lucky with that but it was hella expensive right um but if you're going alone like obviously you want to go somewhere that it's more affordable and safer um at most i think most places are pretty safe it's obviously like you know everywhere has their not so great areas and you always run that risk um even like being at home right um anything can happen to you at home but i think it's also you know like having those expectations so if you're okay with like okay i really just want to travel okay so one of the cheap ways to travel is you can stay at a hostel um, I like using Hostel Bookers and Hostel World and reading the reviews, too, because that's other people who are backpacking. Um, well, backpacking in general, right? Like, that's the cheapest way. Um, and that's kind of how I started traveling, like, after I studied abroad. Even when I studied abroad, like, I only got – I got the scholarship and everything else I had to pay for, so I was, like, hella thrifty. Um, so – I think obviously setting aside some money, like, you know, if every paycheck you set aside, like, say, a little percentage of it, because you're like, okay, this is my travel fund. So I like doing that. I like using um, Digit to save money. I have a savings account, and I try to disperse my money so that I don't look at it. Um, and that very, like, don't look, don't, what is it, like, out of sight, out of mind mentality. Um, so that's, like, one of the things that I do just to, like, Make sure I have something everywhere stashed away, but also budgeting in general, like for your own bills, for your own food expenses. If you're just like, oh my God, I really want these like $300 shoes, like you're going to eventually save up to get those 300 shoes, right? Like at the same time, like if you're thinking like, okay, $300, that's a flight to Costa Rica um, or like, you know, round trip or something. That's, that's one way to do it, right? Like, just prioritizing what it is that you need. Like, do you really need that coffee that's $5 every day? Or, like, is that something you could say the side? For me, I, I, when I was working in the city, I did need that coffee. Like, that was my, my boost every morning and just, like, part of my routine. So I think it's also, like, prioritizing. Like, where you're going to put money away, where you're going to stash it away, um, and kind of just reevaluating your daily expenses. And then when you do travel you know, it is, if you're going alone, it's going to be a little bit more pricey than if you're in a group, but it's also easier to meet people. So, you know, I would stay at a hostel. I love staying at hostels and you could definitely, like I said, read the reviews. I like staying places that have the reviews that say like, there's an open space to meet people. Um, 
you know, like the, the stuff is really clean. Um, now that I'm getting older, I'm more about like having my own space. And now that I have a travel platform, it's easier for me to meet people that are like on my mindset. So it's a little bit easier for me. But even when I did it, like that was things that I would always read and be like, okay, um, am I going to have four people in a room or 10 people? Do they have of private rooms is it a little bit more the other thing you could do is also couch surfing that's like for the more adventurous people and i think that should be more like you know your second or third trip um and you could literally stay on people's couches like people will offer it for you and there's like it, it's a whole thing like people literally will put on their thing like i have a room i have a couch um obviously it's like you're staying at a friend's house right like so you wouldn't be rude you wouldn't leave your garbage laying around um it would be nice of you to like buy them wine or bring them something um and that's more like a personal exchange so i've kind of done a combination of both um like staying at friends houses that i've met people who offered me places and staying at hostels now, once you get to the hostel, there's so many other people on their own that want friends and want people to split things with. Um, some places will literally have message boards, like a whiteboard that's just like, oh, I'm going on a trip to, so when I went to Puerto Rico, that's a good example. There was people that would put up on there, like, I'm taking a trip to, um, like, what is it? No. Lebra Island um, at this time. So if people wanted to carpool, right, like you end up splitting the cost of the taxi or splitting the cost of staying somewhere if you wanted to. And I think that's also a really good way to just trust yourself. And, you know, also, if you don't want to be in a big group one day, you could just be like, okay, cool, I'm doing something on my own. Um, so that's like the good side of traveling alone, because I get very exhausted and drained being around people like 24 seven. So it's really nice to just have a day where you're just like, I'm just gonna do something for myself. But I would say a really good starter country, which is not like the cheapest, it would be Costa Rica. Um, it's really safe, contrary to popular belief and like recent media attention. Um, obviously, don't go out at night like by yourself. Like you should just not do that anywhere, really. <laughs> um, but it is safe. It is more. There are affordable options, and there's tons and tons of people there on their own. Um, there's actually a lot of Americans there, so if you're trying to avoid them, it's probably not going to work. But there actually are a lot of American Latinos that are traveling through there. So I think that's a really good, like, starter ease country, because it's not too, like, oh my god, completely foreign. Um, but also another area, but this is more expensive, is Southeast Asia. The only thing that's really expensive, though, is the flight. Um, you know, so setting aside waiting for those deals i like to use google flights and i type it in and then i go on skyscanner and then i go on Mumondo, i think it's called and kind of just comparing it all also in incognito mode you want to be on incognito mode um checking the flights right like seeing what combinations work better um and seeing if there's any sales going on or during different times if there's like better flight rates What's the other one? Scott's Cheap Flights. If you sign up for their email list, they'll send out any flights going on. Or you can just get points. That's what I do. I have the Sapphire card and the Southwest card. So I usually only use points. So I haven't really paid for a ticket in forever. Um, I paid for a ticket to Guatemala because it was last minute. And I did my whole little combination and I paid $400. And that was like a week before. 
but that's a good flight thing. And then once you're in Southeast Asia, it's super cheap. Like, you know, obviously pay people what they deserve, but yeah, you can find hostels for like three, $4. You can, I got a private room in Cambodia, right side of Angkor Wat for $10. So I think that's the other thing. Like the flights are probably going to be the most expensive, but you can kind of like, you know, hack that all. And just once you get there, it's, Southeast Asia is full of backpackers. Um, I think it's even more populated with backpackers since I went like six years ago, but it's definitely somewhere that people are more respectful. And if anything, it's easier to be a woman in there than a man because men are constantly being like, you know, catcalled. So it's really funny because you're just like, I'm safe, but the guys are just like being catcalled by like lady boys and people who want to be like, come to our show and whatnot. So I thought that was really funny. So that's kind of like my overall advice for traveling solo and on a budget. So I have a two-part question, I guess. Um, yeah. My first my first one would be, you know, when you travel to these countries, um, I know in your panel they talked a lot about being respectful with the culture and mm-hmm. not doing the touristy stuff that's taking advantage of, like, for example, the indigenous people. Um, what is your way of being, like, respectful to the community and, like, giving back? That's the first question. And then the second question for someone that has like anxiety, right? Or is not really an extrovert. Like what would be your recommendation for them? Yeah. So I think for me, definitely, I try to research like where I'm going and I've been more conscious of this, like the more I've traveled, Um, like where I'm going, who owns certain things, because there's a lot of people that, um, you know, foreign-owned companies that come in or chains, like foreign chains, right? Like, if you're going to go to Costa Rica and you stay at the Hilton, like, that's not really benefiting the local economy. Like, yes, it's creating jobs for the locals, but, like, you could stay at a locally-owned hotel, right? Or, like, a locally-owned guest house. So I think that's ways to get around it. Like, obviously, the world is so globalized now that it's a little you know, you can't always do it, but I think it's good to try. Um, and if you're going to go, like, you know, to a restaurant or if you're going to buy something, like, fruits and whatnot, like, buy them from local people. And I think that's just one of a, a big takeaway. That's something that we could even do, like, in our own towns, um, buying local, buying small business instead of, like, you know, going to, like, the Taco Bell, go to the taco lady down the street. Like, it's going to be a lot better. Um, but, you know, like, little things like that, I think, are better. And, you know, seeing who it is that you're buying from, because your money is really, like, what gives value. Like, you know, I have a whole bunch of things with money. But I think overall in our society and, like, in a capitalist economy, like, that's how you say, like, hey, I value you. Like, I choose to buy from you and you're supporting people with your money. Um, So I think that's one way to be conscious, like, buying from locals instead of big corporations even when you do tours like if you're going to do a tour try to find a local tour um you know it could be like a quick google search or you could literally just ask people when you get there i think that's the biggest thing and also a really good way to start conversation um and people are usually like really excited that you're coming to support them right um even i stayed at a resort 
um, which was not locally owned, but it was, you know, when I talked to the, the concierge, I was just like, hey, like, are there any, like, locally owned Mexican places? And they were more than happy to, like, hook me up with the local businesses because people do want to do that, right? Like, they want the money to stay within their economy instead of, like, being sent overseas um, and not really benefiting the local people. So I think that's one way to do it. And then as opposed to, like, the anxiety and being an extrovert, like, I'm, I'm a very introverted person like I'm just really good at being social because I think I was like forced to be in so many social situations growing up and like if you're Latina and introverted like you don't really have a choice like <laughs> to be social because also everyone's like oh it's the tan creída you know like growing up so I think that's actually a really big benefit like when I travel um and like I was saying if you're traveling alone you literally get to choose the days that you don't want to be around people um but also like forcing yourself so I have to force myself to like socialize too because also if you're like if you just give me a room and like I don't have to speak to anyone I will be there forever um but you know then I just end up getting like super depressed so then I'm just like I need to be around some people um but I think it's also when you travel you I'm not meaning like I think it's more about like the the quality of people that you're meeting and the connections right um if you meet one or two people on your whole trip and you have had an amazing conversation like that for me is worth it like I would rather meet people one-on-one -on -one, get coffee um you know just talk about life as opposed to being like I met 50 people and we just like stood around at a happy hour and just stood awkwardly um, <laughs> you know or like oh I went like partying and clubbing and like maybe I would have done that when I was like 20 but now I'm just like no I want to have like actual conversation with people and it's really surprising because I think we're always like oh my god it's so scary to do it but you have to remember that other people are just as scared like even if they're the most extroverted person ever like everyone is so afraid to talk to each other that when you break that barrier it's like oh okay, this is nice. I can do this. Um, so I think that's like one thing that I would definitely say is beneficial. And I think actually when I travel, like my anxiety is calmer, which is kind of weird, but it's kind of because I realize, like, okay, like I can't control anything right now. Like I can only control about like how I react and the choices that I'm going to make right now. And I think that's helped me a lot. Like just in life, understanding that like it is part of the journey and just kind of accepting that it's not always going to be perfectly planned how you plan it. Cause especially like when you travel, you're just like, okay, this is exactly what I want to do. And you know, like life happens, buses break down, planes are delayed. And I think that's actually kind of helped me just overall dealing with my anxiety is just like, just accepting that like, okay, I can't control everything, but I can only control how I'm going to react at this moment. Um, so that's, my take on that what do you think you've gained and what do you think you've lost during this like journey and when I say loss it could be also a loss of something that was no longer serving you yeah I think things that I've gained is just like accepting um you know accepting that life is not perfect and it's not going to go according to your own plan and 
that everything I don't know like I'm kind of on this mindset right now that everything has had a purpose um you know every interaction whether you think of like some type of higher power or not like every interaction can be a lesson right whether it's a good lesson um or it teaches you something about yourself that you might realize like hmm I need to work on this um so like even even for the panel right that we did I was running late everywhere and and that was not just for the panel. It was just like everything. I was, everything. I was just like, oh my God, I'm running late to everything. Because I'm always like planning and, then, and I'm just like, I have to be here, 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 here. Um, and it kind of like taught me that I was just like, okay, this is, this is something I need to work on, right? Like recognizing those moments and seeing it as like a lesson to yourself that you have to, you know, work on something or even people that you meet, like conversations that I had that I was just like, wow, like, this is exactly what I needed this right now. And kind of just accepting that it, you know, that it is a lesson and that you're learning. And I think the things that I've lost are kind of those toxic relationships, right, that I was trying to force. Um, and I think it's been really hard for me to let go of that, because I'm always just like, very determined, right? So I'm always just like, I need to get this goal done. Um, but I think, because I travel so much and because I'm always very like goal driven, I've lost certain relationships that I realize now were just like not benefiting me um, or that I was forcing, you know, that I was just like, oh, this has to work out. Like, and I think especially with guys, right? Like I was just like, we have to be together. Like we have to do like, I was just like, you need to like want to be with me. And I think I've accepted that that's not the case. And that sometimes time doesn't allow for it, but it's also not the right time. And that's super hard to accept that you just have to let go of things. And even certain friendships that were not benefiting me that I'm like, okay, I'm always on the go and I can't really be around. But I realized like those friendships were also draining me and like making me feel bad about myself. And I was just like, I have to keep them because we've been friends for such a long time and we have such a history together. And I think it's just let me accept that some things you just have to let go and accept that they were there for a period of time. So that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned from traveling and not always being around. What do you look forward to now that you've started this new journey? Um, I think I'm really looking forward to being able to use what I've learned and my skill sets to empower other people. Um, I get super excited when I see someone has taken my advice and I'm just like, oh my God, and they're doing something good with it, right? Um, I think that's something that definitely makes me happy. And I also hope to change that mindset, like kind of what you were saying that like, we can't profit and benefit. And you know, money is a very touchy subject. And people don't like talking about it, but it's also, I don't know, like, I also think it's, it's a social construct, right? Like, we are the ones that put value on money, and we're the ones that use it as currency. And I think we're living in a society that that is how we get ahead, but also how we place value on certain things that... I used to work in nonprofit, like I said, and it was really hard for me, especially like growing up in a family that's nonprofit to even like accept money as anything because I grew up being told like money is evil, like you're going to be greedy. And I think there's like a balance with everything. Like we need to survive. We need to pay our bills. Um, but also why can't 
we live comfortable lives and also be creating change, right? Um, you know, like I was saying, I was working in microfinance and the whole point was to empower women to start their small businesses with small loans and kind of helping them understand finances. But at the same time, I was on the nonprofit side and we weren't making much. And I was just like, why do we have that dual standard of like, you have to basically struggle and suffer to help others. And I think that's something that I want to be working with, with other women, because I don't think that should be the case. Like we shouldn't be hurting ourselves to help others. You know, you can't really help others if you're struggling yourself and kind of changing that where we all are benefiting and we can all live comfortable lives and have you know like not have to stress because as much as like you want to say like money isn't everything it does at least give us some comfort some stability um i think there's just an excess where you're just like oh i'm gonna go pee in a gold toilet like come on you don't need that Uh, (laughs) but you know there's also that mindset that i definitely want to be working towards and i think my skills in nonprofit and finance and in advertising i hope to like combine everything to be pushing forward a more socially conscious message while also helping women benefit 